All right, we go live in three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. And today, my guest is a health optimizer, practitioner, business developer, strategist at Smarter Not Harder Incorporated, parent company of Proscriptions. Welcome, everybody, Boomer Anderson. Simon, so good to be here. I'm really excited for our conversation today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, and we are going to explore performance optimization. And you say, hey, people, there is no performance optimization without health optimization. And we need to track stuff and measure stuff. So I'm excited. I have my notes. Let's go. Boomer, what are you currently creating? That's a really good question. And I think some of that you kind of came across in the intro. So uh, I have the pleasure of serving as the deputy CEO of Smarter Not Harder Inc., which is the parent company of Transcriptions. Now, what is that? Now, uh, or Smarter Not Harder has a non-for-profit called Health Optimization Medicine and Practice, in which we educate doctors how to optimize for health rather than treat disease. Now, like any uh, non-for-profit, you need a for-profit in order to sustain it. And our for-profit transcriptions actually helps create uh, solutions by which uh, practitioners can use to help their clients who come in and are experiencing acute issues. And what do I mean by that? So in health optimization, what we're predominantly doing is nutrient balancing as well as hormone balancing in certain, in certain cases. Now, if you come in with something like anxiety, pain, sleep issues, or in the case of the reason why my tongue is blue, uh, issues when it comes to verbal fluency or just really wanting to focus, well, we're creating products in that. And so right now I spend the majority of my time doing that. I also have my own health optimization practice on the side where I work with two doctors to help really entrepreneurs like yourself and those listening to the show to optimize their health so that they can go out and change the world. Oh, I love this because I, I immediately resonate. There is no performance optimization if you don't, if you don't check the basics. Uh, I always say I have four doctors. It's Dr. Sleep, Dr. Eat, Dr. Move, and Dr. Quiet. And uh, without these doctors, and they are, of course, no, no traditional medical stories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, not at least in where we live. They they would be in India. Mm -hmm. And uh, without that, I, I don't think that I could ever sustain running a global business if I, if I wouldn't um, check in with these four doctors every day. So tell us, what should we measure? Because many, many people say, now go, oh, my God, I should measure stuff. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this because I think it's useful to set the ground, so to speak, as to why measuring beforehand. Uh, so most of the people listening to this show probably run either a global business, a local business, but you're running businesses, right? And you know, running businesses requires analytics in order to make right decisions. But how many of us are actually using those analytics to help the person who's making those decisions make better decisions? Meaning, how, do, how many of us are using those analytics to improve our health so that we can really interpret that data better? And so 
you know, what is the, the downside to not focusing on our health? Well, we know that spikes in blood sugar can lead to erratic forms of energy. We know that uh, having a larger than normal body fat can lead to cognitive decline earlier in life. <clears throat> Excuse me. We also know that and this is probably my favorite study on the subject, that sleep deprivation, uh, if you have too much of it, it actually, they, they sat at a bar and compared somebody who was drinking alcohol to somebody who was sleep deprived. And we found that somebody that was drinking alcohol, uh, it was or somebody who was uh, sleep deprived by two hours was the equivalent of drinking two 12 ounce beers or two of those big pints that you would get in Britain, not necessarily you would get here in Amsterdam. But uh, the same person, if they were sleep deprived an entire night, meaning you pull that all nighter, which is fairly common in the entrepreneur world, they actually are the equivalent of drinking 10 to 12 of those beers. And I don't know about you, Simon, but if I have 10 to 12 beers, I'm not functioning fully. And so there is this, uh, there's this illusory concept among <clears throat> certain parts of the entrepreneurial realm, which is actually getting better, that we can just sort of do mind over matter and be able to make these smart decisions. But the fact is, and you alluded to it, is that if you are healthier, you're going to make better decisions. You're going to have more energy. You're going to be able to produce more in the world. You're going to come across as a different person for you and your staff. And so <clears throat> the way that I like to do this is to take people down to a cellular level, excuse me, <coughs> choking on something right now, but you want to take people down to a cellular level. And we're all familiar right now with this idea of genetics. 23andMe and other companies have done a really good job of advertising how to analyze your genome. And you can analyze your genome, but your genome is really only going to give you the probability of where you should be. If you think about it as the process of building a house, well, the genome is really the blueprint for building the house. Now, I could take you down to the epigenome and really get to what's going on in the environmental factors that go into building that house and sort of how the environmental factors adjust the blueprint, what kind of materials are needed to build that house, what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of different angles do we need to take, et cetera. But I could even take you further down into a level called the metabolome. And this is the most granular that we can get right now. And we can look at your cells in terms of how healthy they are and how healthy they have recently been. And now why do I wanna take you down and analyze your cells using blood, urine, and stool? Well, first off, it serves as a benchmark. It could show how we improve our health over time. And as entrepreneurs, we all love benchmarks, right? We all want to know really how we're doing versus our goals. But also it could tell me exactly what nutrients you need in terms of supplements. It could also tell me, is your gut imbalance? Do we need to look at things like probiotics? Do we need to look at removing parasites? Do you have presence of heavy metals? And really what it allows us to do as entrepreneurs, it makes our lives simpler when it comes to health. I can know exactly what nutrients you need, exactly what supplementation protocol you need in order for you to achieve what we like to call health optimization. And if you do this really this testing frequency, if you will, looking at your metabolome, looking at your urine, looking at your, your stool, and evaluating it over time, we can continually update your protocol so that 
you don't have to listen to all of that news out there. I don't know about you, Simon, but I'm kind of tired of hearing from all these press articles that this diet is the right diet for me and it seems to change every two months. Well, what if we took that diet and made it really particular to you? And we could do that through testing and we can do that every six months and evaluate over time how we improve and just continually update it with just really an eye on the person in front of you. When I was doing uh, triathlons and races, so once a year I, with a team of, of, of medical doctors and of, of scientists, we would take measure of 20 things. And um, later on now, just being somebody who just wants to be um, a dad who can play with his boys when they are 20 and I still want to play soccer with them. Now uh, I'm just focusing on a few. If, if you had to pick five health KPIs for yourself, which one would you pick? Sure. So the three tests that I was just talking about running on somebody every six months measure several hundred different biomarkers. And what we're trying to do again there is get very specific about supplementation, uh, about whether or not you have parasites, heavy metals, etc. But let's take your question as it is, Simon, in terms of the five KPIs, if you will, that I would pick if we were to just sort of focus on five. And I'm going to say this specifically as an entrepreneur, uh, but also because there's entrepreneurs listening to this. The first one that I would look at is heart rate variability. Heart rate variability is the really the distance between two beats, uh, and it's a way to measure your the health of your nervous system. So your heart beats and what people think is a consistent rhythm. But in reality is, is that that distance between heartbeats or that silence between heartbeats is different for each beat. And you want it to be very variable. That says that you have a high degree of resilience. And so you can track this using a heart rate monitor. You can track it using a Garmin, an Aura, et cetera. And that's important to track over time because it measures the health of your nervous system. You can then train that health of your nervous system in order to improve, build your resilience so that as an entrepreneur, you can take on more stress uh, without it necessarily affecting you in a negative way. The second thing that I would measure is resting heart rate. Resting heart rate is a good uh, measure of just how in shape you are, but also how is your body recovering? Are you susceptible to longer term uh, diseases and those things? And if you get a good device, something like an Aura Ring, perhaps a Whoop, perhaps a Garmin. These can tell you when your lowest resting heart rate occurs during the night. Now, the stress equals the stimulus here. And the stress doesn't necessarily mean just working out. It also means the stuff that comes in on our plate every day as an entrepreneur. And we can then measure how well we're recovering from that stress just by where that lowest resting heart rate is during the night. And you ideally want it as early as possible after when you go to bed. But also how low it is can tell you a lot, both in terms of how in shape you are, but also what sort of potential uh, things you may suscept be susceptible to later on in life. 
The third uh, element that I would like to get people to focus on in terms of a, a, a KPI is sleep. And I would start here with total sleep. And ideally, you want to get about seven to eight hours of sleep a night. And trust me, I was one of those people that from the age of really 18 to 30, I was getting four to six hours a night. There was this song by Nas growing up. And Nas was one of my favorite lyricists and out of New York. And he said, sleep is a cousin of death. And there's a song called New York State of Mind. And I took that to heart. But quite literally, there were times where I would collapse due to exhaustion. And there is, as I outlined at the beginning of this, there is literally uh, no way that you are performing at your best if you're getting less than your optimal amount of sleep at uh, per night. And so you want to target seven to eight hours. Now, if you're one of those people that are getting four hours of sleep a night, set yourself 15-minute increments to improve and really track how you feel the next day because if you're improving by 15 minute increments success is addictive and if you start to feel better pretty soon those 15 minute increments will lead into six hours of sleep a night and maybe you'll eventually get up to seven so now i'm at three let's see if we can make it to four or five uh four particularly important during this lockdown situation that a lot of people are in around the world is to look at steps and movement per day and so you can get literally your cell phone can track your number of steps per day and you can walk around and just make sure that you're getting enough steps because there is this danger that you sit down outside and or you sit down in your home office and you don't get up until 10 p.m. and you have swollen feet and you really haven't done anything all day long. I would try to encourage people to to move, whether that take your conference calls outside, do burpees in between calls, get up, walk around your house, etc. But try to aim for 7,000 steps per day. And let's see, what's the last measure that I would probably have uh, people look at is if you had one blood biomarker, it's hard to pick just one, but a good one right now would probably be vitamin D levels. And just looking at having a vitamin D level that is not just sufficient, because a lot of these vitamin D uh, or, or really any lab test is built on something called reference ranges. And what you'll find is that those reference ranges account for people that largely don't belong in your age group. So it'll be anything from 13 to 80, and it could be different genders, so male and female. It could be people that aren't really focused on optimization, but you want to focus on an optimized level, which could be over 60. And so you want to look at just getting your vitamin D levels up. And if you're in Europe, like Simon, you and I both are, that could be pretty challenging. And so you need to look at other innovative ways to do that. Beautiful. The top five people. We got the 80-20 here. The heart rate variability, the resting heart rate, total sleep, movement per day, and vitamin D. At, if, if we would pick just five. Thank you for that because we, <laughs> that, that's the most efficient way. But now let's elaborate the more complex way. So, of course, five are not enough. What else do you recommend checking? Yeah, sure. And... and 
again, I like to give people a little bit of the why before we go into this. If you think about yourself, you're actually a, a collection of organisms. And so our cells came together with an evolution with a marriage of ancient bacteria and what is now known as our mitochondria. And so you're a collection of trillions of cells. You're also a collection of bacteria in places like our gut, our skin, uh, etc. You're a collection of viruses. Some of those are dormant. You're a collection of fungus. And so it's nice to assess this collection of organisms, otherwise known as the holobiont. And so what I do with all of my clients is I take them through three tests. I mentioned them earlier, but one test is used to assess you on a micronutrient level and to assess something called the Krebs cycle, which is simply how your body produces energy or what is known as adenosine triphosphate or ATP. So, I mean, you may be familiar with that from uh, all those triathlons that you're doing. And so we can actually calculate where you're deficient in those metabolites. It's something I alluded to earlier with the metabolome. The other test that I run is a gut test. We got to assess how those various both bugs, parasites, et cetera, are in your body, but also those bacteria and whether or not they're in balance. And then finally, the third test that I run is something called a food sensitivities test. And what we're looking at there is 90 different foods to test for the presence of low-grade inflammation when you eat them. Now, low-grade inflammation initially is not really an issue, but over time, if you have it too much, it can cascade into higher amounts of inflammation, which we now know that inflammation can really be detrimental to optimal levels of health. And, you know, it just kind of is important here to re reiterate the definition of health and health is really just the absence of disease, the balance of anabolism and catabolism, which we're now measuring with those three tests that I alluded to in the life cycle of the organism. And so what we're doing is that benchmarking versus your age, and we're bringing you back to optimal levels as if you were a 20 to 29 year old. Cool. I am curious who you pick for the strategy award after one word. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategysprints.com. When everybody's digging, this person is digging. Who do you pick? You know, uh, I, I grew up in... Uh, a finance household. I went and worked at an investment bank and I was taught a lot of things about traditional strategy and how to build business. And one of the people who's really questioned everything that I've done and helped me grow in so many ways is actually the person who, who started Smarter Not Harder. And it's my mentor, Dr. Ted Ochocoso. And he challenged me to look at things not as a hierarchical hierarchical structure, but more as a network, but also looking at how we do business now and emphasizing adaptability. If you look at the landscape out there, uh, when it comes to businesses, it depending on what industry you're in, 
the barriers to entry may be lower than ever, but also opportunities are changing faster than ever. You think about just uh, social media. We now have Clubhouse and we had Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, before. Now we have Clubhouse. And it seems like there's a new one spurring up every single week and just being adaptable and emphasizing that adaptability. And that really came with him uh, who emphasized to me that we need to be adaptable. We need to really uh, build the right relationships and we need to be able to respond quickly. So part of my role in that organization at Smarter Not Harder is to look at a lot of those opportunities globally and play small bets, which we're going to uh, very soon in industries that there's usually an inflection point, a changing point. And, you know, we play small bets and see if we can grow that even into a new company. What's next in your business? What are you excited about and are you looking? So transcriptions originally, if you look on our website, we, we have this uh, slogan that is the Precision Dose Cannabis Company. And there was a time in which cannabis was very uh, dogmatic in the sense that I live in Amsterdam and so cannabis is almost ubiquitous. But around the world, people thought cannabis was... Uh, really a drug that people used to get high and forget stuff. But the fact is, is that we have an endocannabinoid system in our bodies and that endocannabinoid system can be used to uh, affect our central nervous system. It could be used to affect uh, a number of things within our bodies. In fact, it may be a master regulator, if you will. And so we can use various parts of the cannabis, uh, sorry, the cannabis plant, otherwise known as cannabinoids, to influence our health. And so if you look at what we're going to be releasing in transcriptions very soon, it's uh, very much products that use parts of the cannabis plant, all hemp derived so far, but potentially THC in the future. And looking at tackling, again, those very common problems uh, that people have in the health world. So you can think of these things like Anxiety, for instance, which is something that I have a lifelong history with and a lot of entrepreneurs do, but are afraid to admit. And so you can use parts of this plant to really help alleviate those symptoms. And I'm really excited for what we have coming out this year, actually. And there's a few other areas that we'll be placing bets in depending on how, how the world turns, so to speak. Love it. I had an experience this year, which uh, might be interesting for others. A, a fellow runner, he said, hey, Simon, I, I recover much faster since I take this plant. And so you are running every day, so you should take it. It helps recovery. I was like, oh, of course, everything that takes recovery, I take it. So I ordered it. Uh, it's the root of ashwagandha. Mm -hmm. Never heard of this plant. So I take it twice a day. From day one, it improved my sleep and my mood. I am much calmer now. And yeah. uh, never heard of it. So first of all, what's behind ashwagandha and what else do we not know but is so easy and is every day and people have to consider it? 
Yeah, so ashwagandha is a very interesting one, and it has a long history in something called Ayurvedic medicine, which is goes back to your sort of four doctors that you visit every day, right? And so Ayurvedic medicine is very common in India, um, and it belongs to this family called adaptogens. And adaptogen is a little bit of a misleading term, but it essentially implies whether when you're up, an adaptogen helps you bring bring you down. That could be in terms of think of that as stress levels. Uh, but when you're down, the adaptogen helps you bring you up. That could be in terms of mood, but also stress levels as well. You can think of stress as also being positive here too. And so a lot of what you may be feeling in terms of relief, Simon, may be some of those stress levels, stress levels, so to speak. Those adaptogens, that adaptogen family has many components, anything from aloe vera to rhodiola to a number of different others. And so what I like to do with people, it goes back foundationally to my main purpose on coming on this show today is to talk about measurement. And if you can start with a benchmark of measurement, understanding both your hormones, but also what your nutrients are in terms of you, what you need, what your neurotransmitter levels are, you can take some of these adaptogens and you can use them strategically to help alleviate those. But let's take adaptogens now and go to your second part of your question, which is really, what else do we not know about? Well, <laughs> There's a lot of stuff out there that can be very, very interesting for this crowd. And I think one of the ones that, that I'm particularly uh, fond of, and also why my tongue is blue right now, is the world of nootropics. And so nootropics traditionally was meant to uh, just sort of anything that enhanced your brain and really helped you focus, help maybe with uh, a certain task, et cetera. And, you know, that's been the traditional definition of it. In fact, the original definition was anything that enhanced your cognition without any downside. Uh, of course, in the biohacking world, in sort of the health optimization world where I stand, uh, people took that and said anything that enhances your brain. And so that could also have some downside. But we like to reframe the definition of nootropics into three different parts. There's health optimization nootropics, which help both your brain perform well, but also help your body's cells uh, really optimize at a cellular level. There's performance optimization nootropics, which just help your brain perform better, perhaps at any cost. And then there's a third class, which is called bluetropics. And so bluetropics happen to be those... Uh, rare compounds that are both health optimization nootropics and performance optimization nootropics. And so the quintessential really compound there is methylene blue. And methylene blue helps us at a cellular level by producing more ATP or that energy that I am so fond of. It also helps us with both spatial and non-spatial memory. And it really is just a, a, a fascinating compound that when you take it with uh, our product, blue canatine, which also contains things like nicotine, caffeine, and hemp crystals, otherwise thought of as CBD, uh, it can really help lock you in, in terms of focus for a good four to six hours, which <laughs> candidly is enough to just kick some ass as an entrepreneur, right? Definitely. Yeah. Four to six hours. So what's, what's the blue thing that you have right now? In, in your sure. So 
we have two nootropics uh, at Transcriptions right now. One is called Blue Canatine. The other one is called uh, Just Blue. And so Blue Canatine contains methylene blue. Uh, it contains nicotine, hemp crystals, as well as caffeine. And so those four ingredients come together in sort of a synergistic effect, uh, if you will. You take it in the form of a buccal trochee. So think of it if you've ever been to Sweden and done snooze, you stick uh, the snooze in your upper lip and you let it dissolve. Uh, the same is true. Well, you don't actually let snooze dissolve, but with the case of blue canatine, you stick our lozenge in your upper lip and you let it dissolve. And in 15 minutes, you're locked in in terms of just focus and really verbal fluency for the next four to six hours. The side effect, it dyes your tongue blue which can be very, very fun. Uh, we like to say that blue is the new smart. Now, we have another product called Just Blue. And I like to call Just Blue uh, sort of my, my task-oriented nootropic. So when I'm doing financial modeling, because I love spreadsheets, uh, I like to use Just Blue because it's very effective for things that are a little bit more I wouldn't say monotonous, but repetitive. Uh, so things like it's a great nootropic for filing your taxes. Uh, blue canatine tends to be a lot more effective when it comes to uh, thinking about things like strategy. And so we have those two nootropics now, but as I alluded to earlier, we're going to be coming out with some fun stuff later on this year. <laughs> Sounds exciting. The three books that shaped you most. So I, there's this is actually a really tough question to think about because I'm an avid reader. In fact, I probably go through a couple books a week. So the first book I would say, is, and I'm just going to give the why behind everything, but Atlas Shrugged, because I think it's um, a good book to give perspective on a person's role in society in the sense that I, I don't necessarily love this uh, this kind of entitlement syndrome that you found from other members of my generation. And I think there's a lot of things that people need to contribute rather than just being uh, having stuff given to them. And so Atlas Shrugged would be my first book there. The second book, uh, which actually helped shape my thinking in recent years, is something called Illusions by Richard Bach. And I know since... I was in finance or entrepreneurship in the beginning, there was this idea of controlling everything. And you really want to just control all of the outcomes, but that leaves very little room for serendipity. And so Illusions by Richard Bach goes a lot into uh, that element of serendipity and how sometimes it's nice to relax and go with the flow. And then the third one, which is representative of a broader class of books uh, that I love around just thinking, is Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. And this is a book from, I believe, like 1800, maybe something around there. But it goes through the history of bubbles, uh, and it goes into things like the tulip mania, uh, the South Sea bubble, a whole bunch of other things. Um, and what I find... <laughs> It's also useful for the environment that we're in right now. But when it comes to our own biases, studying the biases that we have and really acknowledging that 
you know, sometimes it's just an element of luck, which is why we succeed. And that's okay. And I think there's going to be a whole new crop of CEOs in the future that recognize these biases and use these biases to make better strategic decisions. And so Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds, probably my favorite finance book of all time, but also my number three book today. Beautiful. What did you recently change your mind about? If you recall, before we went on the show, I asked you what I could and could not go into. And you let me have the, the green field, so to speak, here. So let's go into this. Um, about a year and a half ago, I changed my mind about the world of psychedelics. Um, similar to a lot of people that grew up in the Midwest and the United States, I was told that some of these things are evil and uh, really should be avoided at all costs. And I think at a younger age, there's a certain truth to that because you don't really know what you're doing. But uh, if you look at the safety profile of a lot of these psychedelics, they actually uh, are safer in terms of both addiction and harm you do to yourself and to others than things like alcohol. So about a year and a half ago, I changed my view on psychedelics. And I can tell you that some of these substances have been incredibly helpful uh, for me and for other people within my circle in dealing with lifelong battles, in my case, with anxiety. And so I find that psychedelics... Um, so long as you're using them with intent, the, the phrase in the psychedelic circles is set and setting, uh, but also if you're using them in conjunction with a good therapist, they can be incredibly helpful at showing you another perspective, but also at resolving just inner traumas or past traumas very, very quickly. And in fact, you're starting to see that organizations like the FDA who are going for through phase three approvals for MDMA along with PTS or for the use in PTSD is, um, is starting to catch on. You're starting to see societies around the world decriminalize substances like psilocybin. And so I do think that there is a, a friend of mine, Paul Austin, runs a company called A Third Wave. So I'm going to steal the title of his company here and say there is this third wave coming or a psychedelic renaissance, if you will, that can be a, a very interesting space to pay attention to. And if it so calls to you and you want to do it responsibly, there are certain jurisdictions in the world which may allow you to do it. I have um, experience in plant medicine myself <laughs> and these days, I do only meditation and sports, but the way I do meditation, I, I practice the direct path approach where you just go directly to the source, so directly to, to consciousness, to what is it that is, that is experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, while I do this, this is informed, even if my plant medicine experience was 20 years, maybe even 30 years ago now, yeah, 30 years. Even, even if it's so long ago, um, my meditation practice is, is still informed by that because there is, there is this important lesson in plant medicine that what is the water and what is the whirlpool? That you are just this whirlpool and so the I is, is an intense energetic form but it's also not really a form. It's just um, a temporary way of organizing that is embedded in a bigger flow. 
And to see that, to that perspective and to have both perspectives is so important um, on, on a human level, on a society level, on a, on a level of health and of distressing. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about your experience about plant medicine. Yeah, so I can get into experience with plant, plant medicine, um, and I will. And there's also what I want to touch on when I wrap that up is if you're not ready for plant medicine, there's kind of different ways to approach that whole meditation question, which can lead you in the direction um, by which you came through plant medicine, Simon. And so, um, you know, one of the first benefits that I, I got out of using these various substances is that benefit of perspective, just showing you what is possible. The plants themselves won't necessarily change you in the sense that you're not going to, you may not necessarily have this life-changing experience where you walk out and you're a completely different person, but they may show you a perspective, particularly for me around things like external validation uh, and just sort of how that drove me for a lot of my life and how it may no longer serve me as an entrepreneur. Uh, You can use these substances to gain that perspective, if you will. You can also use these substances to, uh, in a therapeutic setting, uh, really shortcut therapy. And I've had this experience myself. I know Tim Ferriss has talked about it numerous times, whereby rather than using traditional talk therapy for a number of years, you can end up in a situation where you shortcut that and use uh, these substances to make a very quick change within your life. But let's, uh, let's go back to that element of perspective. I think, um, and I alluded to earlier, there's uh, a significant influence from Ayn Rand in my life. And I think one of the things that originally got drilled in to my head uh, from Ayn Rand was the concept of ego and the idea that it's okay to have an ego is somewhat true, but I think there is this uh, egotisticalness that no longer serves uh, somebody who is in an entrepreneurial realm who is facing constant criticism on their product, their service, et cetera. And so you want to be able to have this relaxed control of the ego. And so I've had that experience within the, the plant medicine world of being able to have a relaxed control of the ego so that I can use it when needed, uh, but I don't necessarily have to attach myself to it. So let's now trans, uh, let's kind of go across here a little bit into the idea of if you didn't necessarily want to explore uh, plant medicines right away and you wanted to explore uh, the concept that Simon alluded to of you being a part, uh, you just being one with the the universe almost. Um, There are two paths of meditation, dualistic and non-dualistic meditation. And non-dualistic meditation will lead you down that path of potentially, you know, that almost, uh, as you alluded to so eloquently earlier, Simon, that, that path of being sort of one and a part of the universe. And one of the ways that I like to do that, and I think the app that I use every day for that is Sam Harris's Waking Up, which goes through many different styles of meditation, but uh, it can get into that non-dualistic approach at times. Yeah, non-dualistic approach. It's quite simple. You ask yourself, uh, what is experiencing right now? What is that is experiencing right now? Mm -hmm. And so what is experiencing, what breathes me, all of that, all of those questions 
or in Zen, they sometimes refer to them as koans, uh, can help you really achieve that. Uh, well, I, I guess there's nothing really to achieve, but have that experience uh, quickly. Absolutely. And you don't need to sit in a specific form. You don't need to have specific no. uh, anything around. Wherever you are, you ask yourself this question, and um, it can help um, get to this perspective. Who should be my next guest? Whew. Uh, one person I would love to see on your show, Simon, because he complements a lot of what we talked about. Um, a lot of what I talked about today was uh, getting down underneath the hood, understanding your biochemistry, optimizing your biochemistry so you can produce a certain amount of energy in the world. The other side of that is what do you do physically? And of course, with my coaching clients, I do one-to-one -one habit change, and we certainly get into that. But when it comes to physical movement, personal training, one I, I've the great benefit of being a part of this uh, amazing network in the health world. And so there's two people that I think uh, you didn't ask for two, but I'm going to give you two. <laughs> so there are two people that I think that could be very interesting guests for you. Um, the first one is Julian Pinnell. He lives here in Amsterdam, and he is an excellent uh, – he's one of the people that I go to when it comes to movement, and he connects movement to mental health in a way that I have not seen before. The second person that I would love you to connect you to is someone named Josh Holland. He splits his time between New York and uh, L.A., and he has the pleasure of being the personal trainer to some of the world's top musicians and also a good friend of mine. He uses a lot of innovative stuff uh, to help people get great workouts in very little time. So either one of those, Simon, I think I'm going to be sending some emails with your name on them and con connecting you soon. Wow. And um when people want to work with you, who should reach out to you and how should they reach out? Sure. So the best way to reach out to me is under uh, Decoding Superhuman on Instagram or on LinkedIn. You can just connect with me directly under Boomer Anderson. Uh, the types of people I work with are typically in the entrepreneurial space because uh, I look at it in terms of how can I affect the most change in working with the least amount of people. And so I help entrepreneurs change the world by optimizing their health. Uh, I also work with aspiring executives. And so if you just reach out to me, we'll set up a 15-minute call that call is absolutely free and we'll try and figure out if it, if our approach and I work with two physicians in this manner uh, is really the right one for you. And if it is, then we'll move forward. But I hope to hear from some of you who've tuned in today and I hope this has been a lot of value for everybody. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Boomer Anderson, everybody decoding superhuman. Come back soon, my friend. Thank you, Simon. I appreciate it. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.